Happy Easter, Punky Peeps, and also Happy April Fool's Day. I don't think there is a Happy April Fool's Day, but anyway. Alright, I'm back. Of course, you know this voice, Angela Bowen, the host of Punky Power, a an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Guys, it's been a month since I've last recorded an episode. I am very happy to be back. I enjoyed my month off. I was working on, you know, my other podcasts and doing some other things. You know, I was reading and everything. I got to visit, I took time out to visit family. So, yeah. Been watching uh, Unsolved Mysteries on Hulu. Uh, the show from the 80s and 90s. I got kind of uh, hooked on that. I'm also watch rewatching season one of One Tree Hill on Hulu. So, much to uh, Jeremy's like, again with the show? <laughs> no, he didn't actually say that, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Well, today I'm back to talk about Season 3, Episode 9, entitled Best Friends. This episode aired on November 10th, 1987. Punky is angry when Cherry falls for a boy. I want to read this Instagram uh, description of the episode because I think it's kind of funny. Okay. Punky and Cherry's friendship hits a snag when puberty... (laughs) Whoops. When puberty, or for the G-rated crowd, the love bug, hits Cherry with an unstoppable force. Can their friendship survive? Well, I hope so. And I put, well, judging by the pick in the lower right half, I'd say the boy known as Donald Soda... <laughs> Punky makes a joke calling Cherry, Cherry Soda. <laughs> oh, Punky, you silly girl. So the boy known as Donald Soda couldn't break up this awesome duo for anything. Or maybe Cherry decided to drop him after he became clingy, especially when it came to her cooking abilities. Those cookies, who can resist, am I right? I'm a fan of those that can cook. Better than me. That's practically everyone in the world. Aside from the girls, Henry and Betty decide to retire early in life. No, they don't. (laughs) And take up gardening. (sighs) Well, at least if you grow your own... You grow your own. You know where your fruit and veggies are coming from, right? I think Betty has the right idea with her stool. Like, it's got wheels on it. But Henry's got this weird, like, wooden stool thing strapped to his butt with, like, one, like, chair leg sticking out of the bottom. I'm like, how is that even remotely comfortable? But before I get into the episode, um, I do want to let you know for the new viewer... uh, Viewers... I mean, listeners, I'm sorry, guys. I just woke up, like, not even half an hour ago. And I didn't have the best dream last night. Uh, or, I guess I should say this morning. But anyway, um, for the new listeners out there, you might not know, there are places you can go to connect with the podcast. You can go to Instagram at Punky Power PB Podcast. That's where I... Give all the information for upcoming episodes and other little tidbits 
Also, uh, the podcast has a Facebook page, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. And I also have a Twitter, Punky PB Podcast, and a Gmail if you guys want to email me and let me know how much you love the podcast or just other Punky related or anything related things. You can do that at PunkyPowerPBPodcast at gmail.com. And I will put the links in the description. I'll put the uh, info at the end of the, in the episode description. Also... If you haven't yet, I would love it if you guys could go to iTunes and give the Punky Power Podcast a five-star review. Or just rate it what you feel is best. I would definitely love five stars. Each review helps me get the podcast out there. So more people that love Punky Brewster, that grew up with it, will gravitate towards it. They'll be able to see it more. And, um, you know, if you guys know people out there... And you love this podcast. Let your friends know. Let other punky fans know. But like I said, before I get into the episode, I really want to give a thank you to some of the new uh, followers on the Facebook page. We have Katie Yates. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name wrong or mispronounced your name. Don Marshall. Mary Camara, Philip Gibson. I gotta give a very special thank you to Philip Gibson. I love your Thundercats image. I think that's really awesome. Um, he is also doing a crossover with the Punky Brewster cartoon and the Thundercats. It's a little fanfic going on, and I told I really can't wait to hear. I'm read it. I'm very. I love. I grew up watching. I had a Lionel action figure. I got it for Christmas when I was like four or five. I know I'm a girl. That's weird, but who cares? Um, you know, just the comments on the sound. Philip, thank you so much. I look forward to reading whatever you have to write. Now, Dimitri, is it Dimitri Hunt? Sorry, guys. I still got the cough and my voice is kind of a little ragged. So, Dimitri Hunter Piccolo, Brandy Knack, Lydia Conley, Natalie Medard, Anna Nowak, and Elus. Oh, I'm so sorry. But, um, thank you all. Everybody included. Not just these people that I've given shouts out to. Shout outs to, but just everyone in general, guys. Thank you so much. Your your love and appreciation of this podcast means the world to me. This podcast was, is my baby. It, you know, I... For the creators that created Punky Brewster and, you know, allowing me to to be able to bring you this awesome podcast that has been going on for a year now. And I just did not think anyone would listen to it. I'm like, it's an old show. It's over 30 years old. Who's going to listen to it? But luckily people did. And once again, like I said, I say thank you so, so much. Um, I just want to do a quick Rundown, I read a couple books this month, and um, I want to talk about them real quick. And then we'll get right into the episode. Alright, so uh, some of the books that I read, I just finished Checked by Cynthia 
Ted Ohada. Um, that was an audiobook. It was really good. It took me a bit to read. Just because it was, uh, it wasn't hugely long, but it just, I got distracted by podcasts and other things too. And I listened to my audiobooks on Audible at my job, so. But Checked as it was a really cute book. I really, really liked it. So, that book is about, I'll read the description, hockey is Connor's life, his whole life. He'll say it himself, he's a hockey beast. It's his dad's whole life too, and Connor is sure that's why his stepmom, Jenny, left. There are very few things Connor and his dad love more than the game, and one of those is their Doberman, Sinbad. When Sinbad is diagnosed with cancer, Connor chooses to put his hockey lessons and practices on hold so they can pay for Sinbad's chemotherapy. But without hockey to distract him, Connor begins to notice more. Like his dad's crying bouts, his dad is a police officer, and his friend's difficult family life. And then Connor notices one more thing. Without hockey, the one thing that makes him feel special is he really special at all. I really, I like this book. It goes into detail. Connor is 12 years old and he is in the um, peewee hockey and it really... Like, the drills and stuff that he has to do, he, you know, the person who did this book really researched when it comes to hockey and everything. And it will tell you, like, oh, we had to do this, which, and then they'll go into a description of what that is. So, even though, you know, I'm not a huge hockey fanatic, Jeremy loves the Red Wings, but this helps when it kind of tells you what's what, like high-sticking or checking and stuff like that. Um, a couple things they left out is um, Connor's mother passed away when he was two. She was killed in a car accident. So he doesn't really have a lot of memories of her, and his grandparents, his mother's parents, are kind of distant. They kind of separated themselves from... Uh, Connor and they didn't like that Connor's dad got remarried so shortly after you know his wife died and everything like that and they just loved their daughter so much because that was their only child they were told they couldn't have kids and when they had a daughter it's like she was their pride and joy so there's that you know that Connor just he doesn't really know that you know some people out there me included have grandparents, it's like, you know, you grow up with one side, but the other side is more kind of, you're kind of weary, you're kind of distant with them because you don't feel the same closeness, so you're not able to, like, form a good bond with them. And, um, another thing is Connor, um, forms a cool relationship helping out his, his neighbor, um, Mr. Reynolds, who is kind of, he's a crotchety old man, lives by himself, so Connor just takes to walking his dog over there, um, Sinbad, and, you know, saying, hey, can I wash your car? Because he's trying to help his dad pay for the chemotherapy for, you know, the 
their dog Sinbad. And let me tell you, the total cost was over $7,000. And this is over the course of six months. So, Connor's just, like, trying to do what he can to help out. That's why he's not taking, you know, lessons. He's cutting down on his practices because a lot of that costs money and everything like that. But I really, I really, really enjoyed this book. And I gave it four out of five stars. I did finally finish The War I Finally Won. That is a sequel to the book, The War That Saved My Life, by Kimberly Brubaker Bradley. This is a historical fiction book set around World War II. Very, very good. Um, I reread the book Forever by Judy Bloom on my nook. It's a really short book, but it is for um, older teens. So, like, maybe 16 on up because there is... And it's the book itself is set during, like, the mid to late 70s. So, whether today's kids would get the references or not I don't know but it's still it's definitely it's a good book the one book I love guys this is the year for middle grade books for me last year it was you know for the last few years it's been all YA um last summer I started kind of gravitating more towards you know adult books again historical fiction I love historical fiction and this book right here, and you know what's cool, is the fact that the one book, the type of books that really stay in my mind lately, are the books I've been getting from the library. So this next book is called The Not-So-Boring Letters of Private Nobody. This is by Matthew Landis. This is his first book. He is actually, I believe, a history teacher for um, middle school. This book is amazing, guys. Alright, I'll read the description. A trio of 7th graders become one another's first friends as they discover the secrets of a Civil War soldier. In this middle grade novel for fans of Gordon Corman and Gary Schmidt. 12-year-old Oliver Pritchard is obsessed with the Civil War. He knows everything about it. The battles, the generals, every movement of the Union and Confederate armies. So when the late... So when the last assignment of 7th grade history is a project on the Civil War, Oliver is over the moon until he's partnered with Ella Berry. Now, Oliver, he's kind of a little anti-socialist. He kind of likes to work alone when it comes to projects. And his history teacher has kind of been letting him. But this time around, he kind of does want Oliver to kind of branch out a little bit and kind of like work, learn to work with other people, which is good. You know, it's frustrating at first and everything, but... And then eventually it turns out all right. So he's partnered with Ella Berry. Ella Berry, the slacker girl with the messy hair who does nothing but stare out the window. And when Oliver finds out they have to research a random soldier named Private Raymond Stone, who didn't even fight in any battles before dying of some boring disease, dysentery, Oliver knows he's doomed. But Ella turns out to be very different from what Oliver expected. As the partners film their documentary about Private Stone, with Oliver's friend Kevin signing on as their head writing consultant, 
Oliver discovers that sometimes the most interesting things are hiding in uninteresting places. Even Private Stone is better than expected. There's a mystery buried in his past, and Oliver knows he can figure it out. I mean, when they say that Oliver is, like, obsessed with the Civil War, they are not kidding. But he's so focused on the battles and everything, he tends to lose sight of... It's like, oh, if he didn't fight in battle, he, he's not really worth talking about or mentioning or even bothering researching. But I like that he also is, um... He loves to reenact the Civil War with um, some older gentlemen and stuff that all... They have this big um, production during the summertime of a reenactment of the one of the battles and everything like that. And it's summertime and they're wearing these wool, you know, um, uniforms. So, of course, they're like sweating like crazy, like, whoa. It's like, eh. But it's so cool. I love the characters. They're, they're quirky and they're interesting. And they all just get... Each one is kind of like their own little anti-socialist. They don't really have a lot, a lot of friends. They kind of stick to themselves. But they're, they are friendly with other people. They just don't go out of their way. But anyway, it's just... Guys, this is an awesome book. I gave this one 5 out of 5 stars. So I highly recommend it. I will put these books up on Instagram and the Facebook page, and it will be on the Twitter Punky Power page, so that way if you guys do want to read these books, definitely go for it. Message me afterwards after you've read it, like on Twitter or whatever, and oh my gosh, these books are amazing. So, um, I also wanted to say real quick... Oh, one other book. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, guys, real quick. I just finished this book on Audible. It's only like five or six hours long. It makes me want to go to a Mexican restaurant. Like, an authentic one, not a chain. Real quick, okay? The Epic Fail of Arturo Zamora by Pablo Cartia. Cartia? I'm sorry, guys. Oh my gosh, I love this book so much. Save the restaurant, save the town, get the girl, make Abuela, Abuela, guys, I'm so sorry, make her proud. Can 13-year-old Arturo Zamora do it all, or is he in for a big epic fail? For Arturo, summertime in Miami means playing basketball until dark, sipping mango smoothies, and keeping cool under banyan trees. And maybe a few shifts as junior lunchtime dishwasher at Abuela's restaurant. Maybe. But this summer also includes Carmen, a cute poetry enthusiast who moves into Arturo's apartment complex and turns his stomach into a deep fryer. He almost doesn't notice the smarmy land developer who rolls into town and threatens to change it. Arturo refuses to let his family and community go down without a fight. And as... He schemes with Carmen. Arturo discovers the power of poetry in protest through untold family stories and the work of Jose Marte. Oh my goodness, guys. I gave this one five out of five. St- oh my gosh, wait, I didn't read. Uh, five out of five stars. Um, I listened to this on Audible. It's really, really good. Um, the only thing that sucks is I don't really know really a lot of Spanish. I only know like uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis that's as far as I can go with the numbers. Um, but 
again, I say I am going to put it up, uh, these up on Instagram. Uh, I am reading, this is also a middle grade. Guys, middle grade is where it's at for me this year. I swear, I swear, I swear. Um, also, Tiger's Dream, the fifth and final book. Six years, guys. Six years of waiting for this book to get written, to get published, to get put out on Amazon. Tiger's Curse is a series that came out in 2011 by a new author, Colleen Hoke. And in that year of 2011, in January, she released Tiger's Curse, which is a um, a book about an ordinary girl who gets caught up in helping a prince uh, break the curse that turns him into a tiger, and his brother as well. And the second book, Tiger's Quest, came out in June of 2011, and then in November of 2011, Tiger's Journey, the third book, came out. Then in November 2012, Tiger's Destiny came out, and that was, well, we thought that was it, right? Well, no. Because there have been talk for the last six years of Tiger's Dream. Like, what? 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 A fifth book? Really? And it's just, like, oh my gosh, oh my... The author had written in that short, in that six-year time span, uh, uh, Egyptian trilogy, which I might try to get back into. I wasn't really feeling it, but I'm getting back into Tiger's Dream, or getting back, I, I started it. I love it. I didn't even have to really go back and read the other four, because it kind of brings up stuff. It's kind of a little bit of a rehash from the other four books, so it's really breaks everything down, down for you. This book and this series. The author actually had to go back and read the four books in this series to get back into the world to be able to write this last book. It is so good. Um, Alright guys, <laughs> I've spent quite a bit of time talking about books. I highly recommend them though. Um, yeah. Also, if you guys have not watched Coco, watch it. I bought it blind, you know, I didn't see it in the theater. Love, love, love it. That's what the epic fail of Arturo um, Zamo Zamora, that book kind of made me think of Coco a little bit in the movie. So, but, uh, alright guys, let's jump right into this episode. Alright, so the episode opens up in the backyard, which is kind of funny because it seems like a lot of the episodes usually open up inside the apartment. And we pretty much see, we got Betty and Henry working on some gardening. They're getting ready to plant a, what looks like a big fern type plant. And then over in the left hand, we got... Cherry and Punky, there's a kitchen ta a round kitchen table out there, and there's two popsicle houses. These are really, really done. Clearly, they were done by someone on set, uh, production design or, or, or whoever. Um, and we see the girls that are, they're eating popsicles, so they're pretty much been sucking those down like crazy to build these popstick popsicle stick houses and my guess is okay this is 87 right um don't they have like a craft store where you can just 
buy them without having to uh, succumb to uh, sucking down all those. Po they got a cooler there, so that must be where all the popsicles are. Man, but that isn't popsicle. It's just basically what food coloring and water, right? And other stuff. Um, I all that water. Even they'd be having to go to the bathroom a lot. Or wouldn't that at least make them sick? Oh, of course, Brandon's just chilling on the ground just by the treehouse there, hanging out. So now we get kind of upon closer inspection. This, one of these looks more like a barn with um, a little uh, lookout room, like, or like a, gr a large garage. With a window on the side, and then you got a top little, like, loft area, or, um, almost could be conserved into a studio apartment, or, or, you know, like I said, a loft. Oh, really well done. And there's a couple, um, bottles of what look like, uh, it's all, it's, oh, that's glue, that's glue. I thought it was, like, some type of gel, like, colored gel to give it a little color. Oh, well, turns out, um, Cherry is the designer of both of the popsicles. I thought the gr each girl made one, but no, Cherry did this herself. Remember in the Career Day episode, it was a season two accidents happen episode, and Cherry would want to be, like, um, an architect? Because this will come back later on this season. She mentions also wanting to become an architect because she can really draw. And judging by these, oh my gosh, yes. This girl, wow. She could be building houses. These are so good. One of them even kind of, one looks kind of like a barn with a, a top part to it. And the other one almost makes me think of like, um... A tree, uh, treetop type tree, like treehouse type thing. It's really, really cool. As we see, the girls are uh, loading up. Oh my gosh! I just realized. Cherry is wearing kind of green turquoise. She's got a green headband, and then it's kind of like black and like turquoise colored striped shirt. And she's eating a green popsicle. And Punky is wearing purple and eating a purple popsicle. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. Cherry says she had to eat 283 popsicles. And how? what is the length of time that she ate these a week? Because it surely can't be a day. 139 fudge sickles. Holy moo. Girl, you are putting your grandma in the poorhouse. I don't know how much this stuff cost back then, but my good golly, girly. That is a lot. This must have been over the course of a while, because that is a lot of popsicles and a lot of fudge sticks. Um, She must have just been saving these for quite a long time in a baggie. Okay. And you think by that time, I you'd think that Cherry wouldn't even want to look at a popsicle or a fudge stick. And she says one cream sickle, which she has that you know I, I hate those. Ooh, why did you, she must have been just trying the cream sickle or something because she only had one of them and it was purely gross. 
I love how Cherry kind of tells Punky, like, hey, we'll, when we're older, we'll build our houses right next to each other. And then <laughs> Punky adds how, yeah, we'll paint your house live and mine will be purple. Like, And then Cherry's like, uh, you know what? I think we should um, hire a decorator for that. I mean, we've all seen uh, Punky's bedroom. It's cool, don't get me wrong, but I remember back in season one when they first painted it, and the results were creepy. I mean, pea green, salmon colored walls, gross. So now we kind of move on to um, Henry and Betty here. And Betty's got the right idea. She's sitting on a stool that has wheels on it. Henry's got some leather strap across his lap that's holding this little, looks like something that used to be the seat of a chair with a chair leg shoved underneath it. But, I mean, what whatever floats your boat there, Henry. If it's comfortable for you, then more power to you. I want to play the clip of the girls, you know, eating the popsicles and stuff like that and talking about their dream houses and how when they get older, their house is going to be right next to each other. I, with all these reboots, has anyone seen the Roseanne one that came on Tuesday? I'm almost done with it. I like it. I think it's good. Um, I think we should petition for a Punky Brewster reboot. If it's only like eight episodes long. That would be enough for me. I mean, of course I'd want more, but I'd settle for eight if that's what all we could get. I think that is something we should all look into, don't you? Alright, I'm going to play this clip. I'll be right back. Wow, you built these yourself, Cherry? Yeah, I had to eat 283 popsicles, 139 sickles, and one creamsicle. I hate those. Well, when you're a real architect, your secretary can eat the creamsicles for you. He won't mind. Now, the way I plan it, our houses will be right next to each other. We'll paint my house grape and yours lime. Maybe we should hire a decorator. So, what it looks like is pretty much uh, Henry and Betty are kind of replanting a plant, like, um, trying to save it. He's got newspaper kind of spread on the ground and everything, almost like he's performing surgery. And he calls it Demona, so I don't know if that's the name of the plant or if that is he gave... The plant a name, which maybe, you know, there's nothing wrong with giving a plant a name because Betty's like, wait a minute, I thought this was Irving. And Henry's like, well, no, uh, Irving fell victim to aphids, which I guess those must be little bugs that like ate the plant or killed it or something. So um, together they kind of work to be able to replant it. So get all taken care of so we can put it back in the house and, you know, watch it kind of grow get bigger and healthy oh so they are re just repotting it because he pulled the old pot off and then they're slowly putting the soil and roots and everything into a new pot okay so they're doing it really carefully and it makes me think that that's probably something you had to be careful not to disturb the roots so much because is it true that maybe like if you repot it sometimes it just doesn't take 
could this almost be kind of like similar to like what a transplant would be? Like you're taking something from one that like it's been in like one body and you're pulling it from that and then you're putting it into another body and hoping that it will basically take and be accepted. So as he's comment, Henry's complimenting Betty on having a wonderful um, flower bedside manner. This kid comes racing through, runs over this poor plant. This plant is now dead. All their hard work that they just put into re-potting um, is now ruined. Because this kid just drove over it with his bike. Are you kidding me, little boy? You don't just walk, ride your bike into someone's personal property. Granted, it's property of the apartment complex, but still. You can watch where you're going. You got eyeballs. But right away, the kid, like, uh, stops his bike, gets off, and he turns around. He immediately apologizes. He's really, he's like, wow, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't, I didn't see. I thought, I, uh. like, okay, okay, well. Props to him, he did apologize. It's not like he was a jerk or anything about it and said, hey, you shouldn't have your plant in my way or something. And he just, you know, says, well, I'm new around here. I, I took a wrong turn. Like, eh, I know. Yeah, but you kind of, a wrong turn into what? Exactly. It's clearly a lot with people in, it, in a treehouse. What, what were you looking for, guy? So I'm going to play this clip. This boy is the cutest little boy. Actually, real quick before I play the clip, I'm going to tell you who this boy is. And if you see him, you may be like, wow, that boy is familiar. I'll be right back. I will tell you. Let me get the information. So the actor, his name is Bumper Robinson. He is an actor. He was born on June 19th, 1974, Cleveland, Ohio. Guys, this is all from uh, IMDb. Actually, he is actually, his real name is Larry C. Robinson II. And let me, the thing that I most, no, oh my god, he's got 133 credits on here. He did a lot of work in the 80s. Oh, he was in a few episodes of Webster. Um, he played a, where is it? I know it's on here. Oh, he's in five episodes of Night Court? Wow. Okay. 87, Donald Soda. So that's the episode that we're on. Where is it? Oh, it's 1992. He's been in a lot of stuff, guys. Hold on. Who's Carter on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? He did the voice. He does a lot of voice work, actually, now. Okay. I'm going to pause this while I look. I get, um, if you guys watch Living Single, he was on eight episodes as Ivan Ennis. I think he played, um, Queen Latifah's character's, um, assistant or something. But what I know him from, I'm trying to find the freaking thing on here, um, is the Jackson's An American Dream, which is a TV movie chronicling the, uh, formation of the Jackson 5 and just everything that they all went through. He played Jackie. He played the oldest Jackson son. The teenage version of him. And then I think the 
adult 20-something version was played by Terrence Howard. But, oh, he was also in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. He played James slash Clifford Weaver. He was also in, like, three episodes of Sister Sister as three different people. He did the voice of the chipmunks in Brother Bear. <laughs> okay. Wow. He's, um, Teen Titans. He was play, uh, did voice for the video game. Um, yeah, mainly it's all voice work from here on out. So, awesome. Good for him. But I'll play, uh, Donald Soda's introduction here. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm really sorry, mister. I'm new around here. Oh. I guess I took a wrong turn. I expect full restitution in the form of complete reimbursements for this plant pillage. Yes, sir. What does that mean? It means he's cheap. I'm Mrs. Johnson. Welcome to the neighborhood. Thanks. I'm Donald Soda. Hi, I'm Punky, and you've already met my dad, Henry Warnemont. Hi, I'm Cherry. <laughs> What a great name. Thanks. I've had it all my life. <laughs> so, Donald, where were you headed? <laughs> Donald? Yo, Don! Oh, oh yeah. Um, I thought this was a shortcut to Golden Hirsch's Bakery. Make a left or right and then follow your nose. It's kind of hard to find. My nose? <laughs> no, the bakery. Come on, I'll show you. We'll ride on your bike. Why don't we just walk? It takes longer. Sounds good to me. Okay, Grandma? Okay. Don't worry, I'll pay you back for that plant. I have a paper out, Mr. Weavermint. That's warning, Mark. And you'd better. Or else I'll have your wages gone as she. Does he always talk like that? <laughs> Wanton marauder. Henry, I'm sorry about Desdemona. That's dead begonia. That's Desdemona. And she's a philodendron. Well, who cares what city she's from? She's dead. Let that clip play through with uh, Punky, Henry, and Betty. Betty, guys, hands down, she has got the best one-liner jokes. Oh my gosh, she is so funny! Ah. So Donald introduces him, you know, Betty introduces herself to Donald, tells him, you know, welcome to the neighborhood, and then, you know, Punky's like, I'm Punky Brewster, you've met my dad, Henry, and I love it how... I just love her calling Henry dad. Like, oh, because she's his daughter. And, of course, we get Cherry's introducing, Cherry introducing herself to Donald. Ah. Okay, guys, remember season one, Cherry Johnson. Remember how she would get, you'd hear that weird sound effect and you see her eyes cross. You don't get the eye cross thing here, but you do get a sound effect. Now, it's not the same one because she's, you know, a couple years older now. She's, you know, preteen. She's preteen cherry. 
It's like a little ding sound. And her eyes don't cross, but... Oh, she is in puppy love. She is a smitten kitten for this boy. And let me tell you what. He is equal smiles, stars in his eyes for her. And they've just introduced each other with, the, you know, just said their names. They know nothing about each other yet. So he really like, hey, you have a great name. She's like, yeah, thanks. I've had it all my life. So, Punky pretty much tries to break it up. Like, hey, Donald, where are you headed? Like, why did you come into our uh, area here? And Donald is so, like, smitten. He's in a trance. He doesn't even see Punky. All he sees is Cherry. And she's, uh, Punky's like, hey, Don, Donald. And he's like, what, what? So here's the reason why he cut through their yard. He thought it was a shortcut to... He thought it was a shortcut to Golden Hirsch's Bakery. And where exactly were you going to cut? do the shortcut? Through that little um, space in the fence? I mean, he clearly must have been aware that there were people there. You could have clearly hit them. You could have hit the dog. You could have hit Brandon with your bike. So Pumpkin gives him directions. Say, may he, she tells him... Make a left, right, then follow your nose. Oh, this has got to be one of the best bakeries ever if all you got to do is follow your nose to the wonderful aroma of a bakery. Just like Toucan Sam, follow your nose! It always knows. So Cherry's like, well, it's kind of hard to find. Uh, wait, what? Punky said it's pretty easy. Just left, right, and follow your nose. But then, of course, Cherry is looking for any excuse to hang with Donald. Like, you know what? She's like, okay, I'll play this. I'll play this cool. Like, hey, you know what? It's kind of hard to find. And she suggests, you know, I can, you know, hop on your bike with you. And he, Donald's like, well, you know, it might be better if we can walk. It'll take longer. Like, oh, boy, you are sharp. You are sharp, little man. He is sharp. He is smooth. Smooth talker. So Punky is watching this whole interaction between Cherry and Donald. Like, she has no idea what to make of it. It's like, oh my gosh, I've seen Bambi. I've seen this before. The twitter patedness. Oh my gosh. This is just like the movie Bambi. And Cherry, of course, is like, is that okay, Grandma? And she's not even looking at her grandma. She's still looking and smiling at Donald. Like, is that okay? And Betty's like, yeah, sure, sweetie. That's absolutely fine. Poor Brandon. He ain't got nothing to do. He's just sitting there staring at whatever. Like, whenever you need me, I'm ready. I'll just be here, laying on the ground, staring at nothing. So, Donald and Cherry take off. Interesting how, uh, <laughs> they don't invite Punky to go with them. It's like, no, no, it'll just be the two of us. Ouch. They, neither of them ask, like, hey, Punky, you want to take along? No, it's just, just the two of them. Boy and girl. Girl and boy. So this is interesting here. There is actually a, um, door that kind of connects the fence. Remember 
when Alan left, there was just a space in between the fence that you just kind of walk around. Now there's a gate there that you just kind of walk through. When did that happen? That must have been not too long ago. But before they head out, um, Donald does turn to Henry and says, Hey, don't worry, Mr. Wernemont. I will pay you back for that dead flower or plant. I have a paper out. And then, of course, Henry's like, You better or I'll have your wages garnished. Like, what? I don't think you can do that, Henry. You don't have that kind of power. Donald calls him Mr. Weaverman. Wow, you couldn't be more off, little guy. So Donald, with a confused look on his face, looks at Cherry. He's like, does he always talk like that? And Cherry's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. Get used to it. So Punky, of course, is like, you know, I'm sorry about dead uh, Demona. And then Betty's like, no, that's dead Begonia. And then Henry's like, corrects them. He's like, that's Desdemona. Okay, I'm going to look up what that is. It's got to be some form of a flower. Or, I mean a plant. Why do I keep calling it a flower? It's a plant. Although a flower is a plant. Oh, guys, I'm so confused right now. <laughs> All right, so I looked this up on perennials.com. The complete name, uh, it's Desdemona in quotations, but the full is Ligularia dent. D-E-N-T-A-T-A-L-I-G-U-L-A-R-I-A. Sometimes called elephant ears, this is a bold specimen perennial that needs a moist location. Plants from a clump of large, rounded, dark dark green leaves with a purple backside. Taller stems appear in midsummer, bearing clusters of bright golden orange daisy flowers. Superb for the back of the border or at the water slot. Waterside, an unusual centerpiece for a tub or large container. Both the flowers and leaves are great for cutting. Slugs can be troublesome. Clumps may be divided in the spring every three to four years. In warm summer regions, plan to grow in this in shade. Soil type clay. Sun exposure, full sun or partial shade. Appearance, flower color gold orange, blooming time, midsummer, late summer, foliage color deep green, purple, black. Okay, enough about the plant, guys, I'm sorry, but uh, I just, because I looked it up at first, and then I was talking something about a character from Othello or something to that effect, or Shakespeare, so I thought maybe that's why he named the plant, like gave it a name. But it's like, oh, okay, so that is actually, there is a plant that's called Desdemona. And he's like, she's a philodendron. And then Betty's like, well, who cares what city she's from? She's dead. (laughs) Oh, Betty, you have the best lines. And with that remark, Betty takes the plant out of Henry's hands and chucks it in the trash that is right next to her. So in the next scene, uh, in the hallway outside of the apartment, um... Cherry and Punky are kind of coming through, and they're talking about this big test that they had to take about the seven wonders of the world. And Cherry is kind of, like, looking like she doesn't really... She's not interested in what Punky has to say, so it's clearly going to be all about Donald this, Donald that. So, Cherry's like, yeah, the only answer I got... 
was Stevie. Like, what? And then, of course, they part ways as Cherry heads up the stairs. Punky turns around. She's like, wait, Cherry, it's Tuesday. We're supposed to watch Ralph's Rocking Out. That doesn't sound like it's an actual thing. Maybe it's like their version of MTV music videos or the VH1 countdown or something like that. Yeah, I looked it up. I, I figured it was made up. The only thing I got is the Ralph's Grocery Store when I looked that up. Like, mm, okay, it's made up. And Punky just starts kind of dancing like, woo! <laughs> Punky's got some sweet dance moves. And this is where Cherry has to break her heart. So she's like, I can't. Donald invited me to the circus. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, so this is going to be, like, in the evening, because it's not going to be after, in the middle. Circus isn't going to be going on at four in the afternoon. I mean, come on. Really? No, it's not. I mean, it's a show coming on. It's after school, so they can watch it. What time is the circus? You could do both. So, Punky is, like, Punky's kind of irritated and surprised at the same time. She's like, Donald? You're going to the circus with Donald? A boy? And then Punky's like, well, Donald's not like any guy. He's not like the boys that we know. And I'm like, the only other boys that you know or knew was Alan. And he's not there anymore. So what other boys? I mean, are you talking about what's-his-face Spud? Yeah, this boy clearly ain't no Spud. He's better than Spud. So, so Punky's like, alright, so what? He drinks milk through his nose or squirts pop out his nose or something of that effect? And Cherry's like, uh, no, <laughs> he doesn't do that. And then Punky's like, well, what's so great about him? And that's when Cherry has to list every single physical feature on Danny's face. From his pearly white teeth... To his beautiful brown eyes. To his amazing, gorgeous, long eyelashes. What's the thing with the eyelashes? Are people really into that? Do they, are eyelashes really that long? I really... How noticeable are eyelashes? I don't look at someone and say, Hey, you got some awesome eyelashes. Those are beautiful, silky, woven eyelashes. They are beautiful. Like, mmm... No, I don't. I notice the eyes. It's not like you hear something like, wow, you have amazing eyelids. I don't know. But um, I'm going to play this clip. Because Punky, Cherry is clearly, guys, she is smitten. She is bitten by the love bug. And Punky's not there yet. She hasn't gotten to that point. She's still, even though she shed her tomboyish ways a little, it's still there. She hasn't reached crushing on a guy ability just yet. That hasn't happened for her. I don't know if it will this season. Maybe that's more of a next season thing. It might be. But I'm going to play this clip between the girls. And it's just kind of sad because Punky feels like, yeah, she's straight up being rejected for a boy. It's it's all uh, boys over over best friends, I guess. Boy, that test was tough. I didn't know the seven wonders of the world. 
Yeah, the only one I got was Stevie. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, Sherry. It's Tuesday. We're supposed to watch Ralph's Rockin' Out. <laughs> I can't today. Donald invited me to the circus. Donald? You're going to the circus with a boy? Donald's different. He's not like the boys that we know. Oh, you mean he doesn't drink soda through his nose. <laughs> so what's so great about him anyway? He's got beautiful white teeth, big brown eyes, and long, luxurious lashes. <laughs> big deal, so does Brandon. a joke, I didn't get it. Well, I've got to rush to get ready. Donald will be here in just two hours. <laughs> Donald will be here in just two hours. <laughs> Disgusting. So, of course, Punky's like, big deal. So does Brandon. Like, all the things that Cherry listed. Like, yeah, Brandon has the same exact things. Of course, Cherry takes offense to this, like, if that's a joke, it wasn't funny. And then she's, Cherry's like, oh my gosh, Donald is going to be here in like two hours. I have to go get ready. So this is classic girl wants to impress a guy. She's got to take forever to get ready. Eh, classic boy crazy signs. Like, oh, you know, basically caring about your appearance. You want to look good for your guy. Yeah. So with that, Cherry races up the stairs to get ready, and of course, Punky's like, Oh my god, Donald will be here in two hours! Ugh, disgusting. Yeah, Punky's like, I, I'm not liking this side of Cherry. I'm not for this boy crazy girl. She is just crazy crazy with a boyness. You know, it's a shame that uh, the love bug didn't b uh, bite Punky too, because then she'd probably be able to sympathize with you know, what Cherry's going through. So now we transition to the backyard, and we got Donald and Cherry playing with these enormous... These playing cards are, like, literally the size of their head. They're huge. And Donald is just putting cards down. He's not even looking at what he's putting down. He's just staring directly at Cherry. Cherry is looking very nice with her baseball shirt that has soda in red letters. So I think she's wearing like his baseball jersey or baseball shirt or maybe she's just supporting him by wearing a shirt that has his name on it. Isn't that kind of like the equivalent of a girl wearing her guy's letterman jacket or his class ring or something like that? So while they're doing this and just staring lovingly into each other's eyes, what is this? Is he wearing his socks? They're like leg warmer socks. They're not like your average 12-year-old boy white socks with the stripes which all teen boys would wear back in the uh, 80s and 90s my cousins would wear sh socks like those typical boy socks and this is where punky comes outside to witness all the lovey-doveyness and punky comes to sit down I'm like hey what are you guys playing and cherry's all breathy like hearts how do you play that game 
I thought at first they were playing like gold, go fish or old maid or can you play old maid with playing cards though? You maybe you could. I remember um my grandma had a set of the old maid cards and it was one where the uh animals are dressed as people and the wolf was the old maid card dressed in like uh old grandma clothes. And I remember the old maid card had a crease down it, probably from people yanking it really hard or something. So when someone had the old maid card, you kind of knew it based on the crease. So you did everything you could to avoid getting that card. So Pumpkin's like, hey, deal me in. You can't play hearts with just two people. And then, of course, Donald is like, oh, yeah, you can if you have the right two people. Ouch. Donald, I don't know. I'm kind of already sick of you. Same as Punky. You're kind of intruding on the best friend territory. So Punky's like, hey, where'd you get those weird cards that are like the size of your head? And Cherry's like, oh, Donnie won them for... No, it's no longer Donald. It's Donnie. Won them for me at a carnival. At, no, at the circus. You can win things at the circus? Really? So there's a carnival or a game near the circus that you can just, like, win stuff? I, Wow. That's a sad thing, though, if you think about it. There aren't many circuses around. Especially, you know, they took the elephants out. I don't really think there are even any tigers anymore and you know the whole thing with the it movie kids are probably scared to death of clowns as long as well as adults with that whole um clown terrorizing with a knife thing what was that 2000 what, it was the summer of 2016 that went on into the fall but i'm going to play this clip of <laughs> Punky is just trying to be, like, she's trying to include herself. Like, I know you guys are lovey-dovey, but I want some cherry time. I want some friend, best friend time. Okay, no more of this lovey-doveyness. It's getting old. So I'll take it right back. <laughs> Deal me in, you can't play hearts with just two people. Yes, you can, if they're the right two people. <laughs> okay. So where do you get those weird cards? Donnie won them for me at the circus. <laughs> he pounded that muscle meter all the way up to Wimp. Yeah, but I couldn't have done it without you, Choo Choo. wasn't a sneeze. That's Donnie's nickname for me. Choo Choo? That's a pretty silly name. Gee, I don't think so. Penelope? <laughs> so, Donnie Choo Choo, how was the circus? Great. We gotta go backstage because Donnie's father is a good friend of the guy that gets shot out of the cannon. 
Wow. Yeah. My dad sold Boom Boom his very first hearing aid. <laughs> now I gotta go, Choo Choo. It's time for lunch. Hurry back, Donnie. We don't want to be late for Midget Monster from outer space. Sure, you said you were too scared to see that movie with me. Well, this is different. Donnie will be there to protect me. Won't you, Donnie? Yeah, right after I have lunch. <laughs> oh, Donnie. I'll miss you. I bet I'll miss you more than you'll miss me. There's no way that you can miss me more than I'm going to miss you. conversation <laughs> so donnie won the cards for cherry by hey Quinn, um pounding one of those mallets onto what's that noise um under one of those uh you know where it rings the bell and i guess it has, it's like labeled on the side for different uh things and everything and he i guess he pounded uh, it all the way up to wimp so he clearly didn't hit the bell, but uh, he must have gotten pretty far because Cherry's impressed. But then again, what girl wouldn't be impressed if the guy that she's into won her a prize by pounding a sledgehammer on something? Like, you know, winning a, a carnival thing at, uh, winning a prize at the carnival for you. I mean, that, I mean, Jeremy tried. <laughs> um... But, you know, and it was, when we, I think it was Cedar, yeah, Cedar Point, and, um, this was back when we were dating, and it was supposed to be, like, uh, he tried to win a Care Bear, you know the thing where you spray the squirt gun, and it's supposed to hit the little target and make the balloon go up? And he didn't, yeah, he was pretty bummed about that, but he went one better, and he actually went out and bought me a couple little Care Bears, so that was really sweet. I don't have them anymore, but, uh, it was still sweet. So, Donald calls Cherry Choo Choo. Why not call her Cherry Bear or something like that? Cherry Berry or Cherry Bear or something cute like that. Choo Choo? It sounds like he's calling her a train. And Punky at first is like, oh, uh, God bless you. And Cherry's like, no, that's my, that's his nickname for me. And Punky's like, Choo Choo? Really? That's pretty stupid. Um, that makes no sense. And <laughs> of course, Cherry gets irritated. Well, you're one to talk, Penelope. Like, X night on the LP, Donald there, uh, Cherry. <laughs> she only tells that to her confidants and not to be repeated. So, Punky kind of shrugs that off after uh, Cherry outs her with the, her actual name, Penelope. And Cherry's like, hey, Donnie, choo-choo, uh, how was the circus? And Cherry's like, it was great. We got to go backstage because um, Donnie's dad uh, gets, uh, I guess Donnie says his dad gave Bobo or Bo whatever the hell, whatever the clown's name is, like hearing aids. So I'm guessing like the clown must, either he gets shot out of a cannon and he's, lost his hearing or he's just really old and needs a hearing aid so 
it was pretty cool they got to go backstage. I mean, you kind of get to, you know, see the clowns without their makeup and all that awesome stuff. Maybe even see how some of the tricks are performed. Oh, it is the guy who got shot out of the cannon. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Boom, boom. Okay, that's his, the, uh... Maybe it's not, is it a clown? Or is it just some guy that gets shot out of a cannon? So he said his dad sold Boom Boom his first set of hearing aids. Yeah, so it's probably got to be because he's getting shot out of a cannon. And that noise and everything, that boom, must have messed up his hearing for life. So, Donald's like, hey, I gotta go, gotta get home, I don't want to be late for lunch. Boys and eating, does that ever, ever change? No different in 1987 than it is in 2018. Growing boys that need to eat, eating all the time, got that low metabolism. And Cherry's like, hey, don't be late for, you're going to take me to go see uh, Midget Monster from Outer Space or something. And Punk is a little weird, like, wait a minute. You said you were too scared to see that movie when you when I had recommended it to you. And of course, Cherry's like, oh, it's okay. Donnie's going to be there to protect me. Right, Donnie? Like, that's right, Choo Choo. So, they do the whole, I'll miss you. I'll miss you more. I don't think you can miss me more than I'll miss you. And uh, Punky's like, this is just... Uh, she's over it. Like, please, no. Mm. So this kid <laughs> is walking backwards and ends up falling in the flower beds or, um, you know, the plants that Betty and Henry had taken so much time to plant. And he falls in there. Like, oh boy, you are so lovestruck right now. So, once Donnie leaves, um, Punky does kind of lay into Cherry a little bit about the fact that Cherry's time is being completely monopolized by Donald. And Punky's like, you know, we don't do anything together anymore. It used to be just the two of us and everything. And it really hurts. I mean, it's like Cherry is her best friend and she's kind of slighted punky for a guy it's like just because you got a guy doesn't or significant other girlfriend boyfriend you guys know it always seems to be the trope you get a boyfriend or girlfriend or so on or whatever and you dump your friends and you're hanging out all the time well when jeremy and i started dating in the fall of 2003 my friend Jerry had moved to Georgia in September of that year. And two months later, Jeremy and I would have gotten together. And I kind of was a little... I wasn't as love-struck as, as Cherry was, you know, because I was 21 and not 12. And um, my two friends, even though Jerry was, like, in another state, he and my friend Barbara were just, like... You never want to hang out anymore. You don't talk to us anymore. You kind of, Well, Barbara was living in Michigan also. So she was kind of feeling the brunt of it. And I would just, in my own defense, it's like I was older. You know, I'm not a teenager anymore. I'm not one to be impulsive. And you know what? 
It's just, I was in a relationship. Jeremy wasn't going to want that person that I used to be. And, you know, I just, looking back on it, yes, I could have made a little more time and everything for my friend. And, you know, we did hang out and stuff. But the thing is, it wasn't the same, though. It's almost like when I met Jeremy, it's like my whole way of my outlook on life and everything changed. I wanted things as far as you know, a, a future together. And that's what my main focus was. I mean, you know, Barbara and I still talk. Jerry and I occasionally talk and stuff, but it's not the same. It's like those friendships that we had when we were young, your, your values, your interests change. And it's just like, looking back on it, it's just, I don't know anymore. I mean, yeah, we're still friends, but we're not a good, as good of friends as we used to be and then but that's the thing it's almost like friendships change you grow as you get older so i don't know um i i kind of feel for punky and um with what cherry's doing but luckily this this thing with donald it's not gonna last spoiler alert it's not gonna last so donald leaves and Cherry rushes to the gate and kind of peers out and watches him walk away and sighs with pleasure like oh like oh Cherry <laughs> way to be dramatic girl way to be over dramatic she's she's boy crazy so Cherry turns around to face Punky like oh, isn't he rad 80s term and Punky of course to her defense like eh, he's alright I mean Ain't that great? So Cherry's already envisioning wedding bells. Like, maybe one day I'll be Mrs. Donald Soda. And Punky's like, Cherry Soda? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, Ch uh, Punky lays into Cherry. Like, you know what? This whole thing with you and Donald is ridiculous, basically. I mean... She Punky imitates like imitates Cherry. She's like, look, he's even got you wearing his clothes. And Cherry, to Cherry's defense, is like, hey, I'm just supporting him. Okay, that's what you do when you like somebody, when you care about somebody. You you, you want to share stuff together. And that's when Punky brings up a great point. Like, whoa, really? Um, when's the last time that we shared anything? Or, for a matter of fact, when was the last thing we time we did anything? And Cherry's like, oh, God, you know, we, we really don't do anything together. And Punky's like, yeah, my point exactly. And, and, and then she notices the popsicle houses that Cherry built. That was, you know, we were supposed to live side by side with, you know, building the fence and everything like that. And then that's when Punky's like, wait, wait, wait a minute, where's my house? And then... Cherry's like, oh, well, um, Donnie wanted, uh, he wanted a, an extra room or something like that. But the fact that Cherry's all like, you know, Punky, you should be happy for me. You're just jealous. She's not jealous. Cherry, that is, you are so far off. She just wants her friend. She wants her girl time, her hang time with her buddy. I mean, you gotta be able to give a little bit of you know, 
time to your friend. You know, you don't want her feeling left out, which Punky is feeling left out. But then again, Punky also should realize, like, yes, Cherry has a guy, a boyfriend, whatever you want to call him. And she's spending time with him. And just, she needs to kind of respect it a little bit, but just... You know, she's trying to, you know, we need to, you know, hang out more. Us. Why aren't we hanging out anymore? But Cherry's just really, she's angry with Punky. It's like, you're just jealous. No, she's not. She's not jealous. That's why I wish they could have went through this together. Like, Punky could have been liking somebody. And Cherry could also have been liking somebody, but then again, that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have caused the conflict in this episode, which is the, you know, girl meets boy, they hang out, girl's best friend gets jealous, and lashes out at her. Yeah, poor Punky feels like she is being dumped. It's like, I'm not dumping you, I tell you everything Donnie and I do. It's like, well, what? Um, you see what's wrong with what you just said, right, Cherry? I know her head is muddled because it's in the lo- in the clouds, bitten by the love bug. But there's so much wrong with what you just said. I tell you everything Donnie and I do. That's not the same as having a real conversation that doesn't include your love interest. Try having a conversation that doesn't include your love interest. Without, try saying a sentence that doesn't have the word Donnie in it. Or soda. Yeah, and we get to see um, the results of, well, there is only one popstick house there. And it looks like there's a bunch that are scattered. So, they took apart the one that was supposed to be for Punky to make... Something extra on Cherry's house for Donnie. So Donnie wanted a rumpus room. And what's left of Punky's house is scattered all over the table in bits and pieces. And Punky, when she first notices her house is not sitting next to Cherry's there, her voice kind of breaks. Like, she is really, really hurt. Like, why did you, why did you do this? But this is basically the last straw for Cherry, or for Punky. It's like, you know what? This is, this is nuts. This isn't fair at all. It's supposed to be your best friend. You're dumping me for a guy. We've been through so much, and you just want to throw it all away. So Punky's like, oh, so did uh, Donnie decide where I'm supposed to live? And then Cherry's like, um, well, we figured since you're going to be an astronaut that you'd be in orbit. Um... Cherry, even if she did become an astronaut, does not mean she would be in space all the time. She would have so have to have a house to come back to. But at least, you know, I like that even in season three, they are still including the whole astronaut thing. Because Soleil Moonfried, that was kind of her dream to be an astronaut. Oh my gosh, guys, I am playing this clip. You have, if you can watch this episode on YouTube, just watch how angry Cherry gets. Like, squinty eyes, like, just, 
oh, like, she seriously, if she were to resort to physical uh, violence, which she wouldn't, because um, this is a kid's show, but she's almost like trying to put Punky in her place after Punky's like, you know, I'd rather be in space than next to you two. And then Cherry's like, well, you know what? It was never your place to begin with. Excuse me? Cherry? Do you not remember the beginning of this episode when you guys were eating popsicles and you were like, oh, we're, we're going to live right next to each other? What happened to that? A guy came in and ruined everything. You let a guy come in and ruin your friendship, Cherry. Way to go. Don't worry, guys. They're going to patch it up. They're going to patch it up. Right now, it's a rough spot. They're, they're both angry. They're frustrated. They're really just lashing out at each other, throwing barbs at each other, and just hurting each other as much as humanly possible. This is really sad and hard to watch. Especially the way that Cherry just... She towers over Punky and she's just like... Pfft. I didn't have to do that for you. I didn't have to make this house for you. It was never yours to begin with. I made it. So I'm going to play this clip. I'll be right back. <laughs> Isn't he rad? He's okay. Maybe someday I'll be Mrs. Donald Soda. Cherry Soda. <laughs> What's so funny about that? Come on, Cherry. Look at the way you're acting. I'll miss you more than you'll miss me. Oh, there's no way you could miss me more than I'll miss you. <laughs> and look, you're even wearing his shirt. Well, that's what you do. When you really care about someone, you share things. I noticed. We don't share anything anymore. I mean, I hardly ever see you. I'm seeing you right now. That's only because Donnie had to eat lunch. Some friend you are, Punky. You should be happy for me instead of being jealous. I'm not jealous. I just don't think you should dump me your best friend because you met a boy. I'm not dumping you. I tell you everything Donnie and I do. What about what we do? Well, we don't do that much anymore. <laughs> no kidding. We don't do anything anymore. I mean, we're supposed to build the fence between our... <laughs> Wait a minute. Where's my house? Uh, right here. I was gonna tell you. Was there a tornado I didn't hear about? <laughs> no, we needed the lumber. Donnie wants to rock this room. Did Donnie say where I'm supposed to live? Uh, no. We figured since you're gonna be an astronaut, you'd be in orbit. I'd rather live in orbit than next to you two. Bad attitude, Punky. It never really was your house. Not only did I eat most of the popsicles, but I designed it and I built it. Fine, you designed it, you built it, and now you can wear it. <laughs> I guess this means we're not friends anymore. Good guess! Well, that's fine with me. That's fine with me, too. Fine! Rush of anger, Punky grabs the popstick house and 
shoves it out of Cherry's head. Well, it's like, you know what? You like it so much, you can wear it. And then they're like, you know what? Um, We're not friends anymore. And Punky's fine. Fine, fine. That's fine with me. And they both walk off in a huff. It's like, you know, fine. We're done. This friendship is over. It is kind of sad. It is sad. And all of this because of a boy. But one thing I want to point out is that Cherry does say, you know, not only did I eat most of the popsicles, but I designed this and I built it. As in clear ownership. Yes, Cherry, you did build it. You designed it and all of that. But you gave it to Punky. You can't just say, well, it's mine. I built it. Well, I don't know. Where do you guys stand on this whole thing? I mean, if you build something and you design it and you give it to somebody, you can't just say, well, it's mine now. I'm taking it back. Like, what if you did, like, you built your best friend a house and everything, a, a real actual house for them to live in. You have a fight and then you're like, you know, I'm kicking you out. I built this house. I put it together. I put in the work. I don't think you can can do that can I don't think you can I don't know it's just they're both very angry and PO'd with each other right now and they're just like I said they're throwing barbs at each other and they want to hurt each other in the most possible way and <laughs> okay so Cherry's the one that cr she crosses her arms clearly whenever she crosses her arms she's PO'd She's like, I guess this means we're not friends anymore. So, Cherry is the one that in it initiates this friendship is over. And Punky's like, fine. That's great. It's over. So, they both scream fine with each other as Punky runs inside. And basically, this was just a heat of the moment thing where as soon as Cherry said, I guess we're not friends anymore. I don't know. If that were me, I would have been like... I would like, seriously, you're cutting out our friendship because of a guy. This guy means more to you. This guy you've only known for what? Not even a full week. Versus a friendship you've had for over two years. Seriously, Cherry? I know they're 11. I know the hormones are raging. They're practically um, teenagers here. They're preteens. You know, you say a lot of things sometimes you don't mean when you're heated and you're angry and you just want to hurt someone so much. But then again, that regret is going to sit in shortly. You know it's going to it's gonna hit Cherry. She's going to feel it. So now we move to the apartment, which we haven't seen all episode. And Punky's just kind of sitting on the couch, kind of stewing in her emotions. I can't believe she's eating a popsicle stick. I wouldn't even want to look at those things anymore. Bane of your existence. <laughs> so Henry comes into the from the kitchen into the living room and he's got the plant repotted and he's got like a little white like hanky cloth kind of wrapped around. So he's got like a stick in there to kind of hold the plant in place so it's not tipping over. So that's going to be the area that maybe Donnie had ran over with his bike. 
So Henry right away is like, wow, um, Punky, it's a really nice day. Why aren't you outside playing with Cherry? Apparently, Henry has no idea what's going on between Cherry and Punky. Otherwise, he would not have said that. So right away, Punky is still not having it. She's like, Punky's, or Cherry's a traitor. She dumped me for a boy. And she basically she broke the girl code. <laughs> and Henry's like, oh, right. I'm sorry, kiddo. That really hurts. I am going to play this clip, though, between them. And because things are bad between Cherry and Punky, it's going to kind of uh, seep into Henry and Betty's relationship. But luckily, Betty's got a clear head about this and pretty much tries to uh, set Henry straight. Because he's kind of taking Punky's negative energy and it's kind of feeding into him. And he's, like, letting this out with Betty. So I'll play the clip between Henry and Punky. How come you're in the house on such a beautiful day? Why aren't you outside playing with Cherry? I don't play with Cherry anymore. She's a traitor. A traitor? Yeah, she dumped me for a boy. Oh. Benedict Arnold, eh? No, Donald Soda. Ah, yes. Plant killer. Anyway, I don't need Cherry. But Punky, you two have always gotten along so well together. You have so much in common. Yeah, well, sometimes that gets boring. I want a new best friend, someone who's nothing at all like Cherry. Oh, so you want someone who's conceited, superficial, self-centered, and obnoxious? Hello, people. I'm here. Let the day begin. Margot's your best friend? Oh, so you told him. Yeah, I couldn't hold back my excitement. So, um, when Punky says that Cherry dumped her, you know, ended their friendship over a boy, Henry's like, oh, Benedict Arnold. And Punky's like, no, Donald Soda. So she pretty much says, you know, I don't need Cherry anymore. And Henry's like, you know, I mean, but you guys got so much in common and everything. And Punky's like, you know what, well, yeah, that's true, but, you know, sometimes it gets boring. I need a new best friend. So, basically, Henry's like, oh, okay, you want someone who's self-centered and spoiled and selfish and conceited and everything? And that's when, guess who shows up? Margot Fashionista Kramer is now, um, Punky's best friend. But you heard in the clip, and I'm going to play the rest of that clip. <clears throat> As um, Margot is like, you know what? Mr. Warnamont, I think you should commemorate this moment of Punky's and my friendship by getting your little camera and taking a photo op. And Henry's like, oh, yes, Margot, I'll do that. It would give me such great pleasure to shoot you. <laughs> yes. So I'll play that clip. I'll be right back. 
Mr. Wanamont, I'm sure you want to capture this important moment in Punky's life with the best friend photo. Why don't you go and get your little camera? Good idea, Margot. It would give me great pleasure to shoot you. So in the next scene, um, Henry's on the couch kind of looking at some negatives with his magnifying glass. And it's kind of funny because Brandon is sitting right next to Henry, Henry with his head kind of resting on Henry's shoulder like he's just kind of staring at the pictures himself. Or he just wants to be close to someone. And then there's a knock on the door, and it's Betty. So, I'm sure that um, Henry is really tired and just done with Margot and Punky's new friendship. As he calls Betty over to straighten out what's going on with Cherry and Punky. Because this is, it's gone on far enough as far as he's concerned. He can't take any more of Margot. But then again, who can? Margot just does that to a person. She sucks the life out of you. So yeah, um, Henry goes to open the door and Betty is wearing this really cool outfit. It says Jake the Snake in um, capital yellow letters. It's basically just a, a hoodie or sweatshirt with... Um, it's really, really cool looking. It's got like a, a red tongue at, at the top of the hood. And um, down the sides, it kind of looks like uh, snake skin, like artificial snake skin or camo. It's really awesome. And I guess it makes some noise or something too. At first, I wasn't sure. I thought, when I was listening to the audio, I thought it was just like a spray bottle or something. No, it's just, it makes, it's got a slinky on the top of it. That's what that is. So, Betty took Donald and Cherry to the, as she calls it, the wrestling match. Wrestling match, that's cool. And they had ringside seats. Whoa, that's awesome. Oh, there's springs on top of her head that have, like, the little, uh, glue on eyes. Oh, that's really cool. But, of course, um, Henry kind of wants her to get serious because he wants to talk about, uh, Punky and Cherry's friendship or... For right now, the current state is lack of friendship. So yeah, Henry does kind of lay into Betty a little bit and just saying that, well, Betty at first is like, you know, maybe Punky is a little jealous that Cherry has a boyfriend and she doesn't. And Henry's like, no, I think that Cherry is very inconsiderate over this infatuation with a boy. And she's just throwing a friendship that means so much to Punky out the window. You know, Betty really, she's not worried. It's like, the girl's had a little tiff. It'll be fine. But Henry is worried about the psychological, you know, the the anguish that Punky's going through. It's the psychological damage that Cherry is, in fact, doing to Punky. And I'm going to play this clip. I'll be right back. Come on in. Don't you notice anything different about me? Yes. You're wearing your tongue in a different place. <laughs> I took Donald and Cherry to the wrestling match. We had ringside seats, and Jake the Snake fell right in my lap. How could he miss? <laughs> Will you stop rolling those beady eyes at me? Oh, 
Are you in a sour mood? Of course I am. Life's been impossible around here. Aren't you concerned about Punky and Jerry's friendship? Oh, there's nothing to worry about. The girls are just having a little squabble. No main event. It's not a little squabble. Punky has Cherry's picture up on her dartboard. Well, maybe Punky's a little jealous that Cherry has a boyfriend and she doesn't. Punky's not jealous. Let's face it. Cherry's been an inconsiderate, uncaring, and disloyal traitor. And because of a silly, childish infatuation, she's thrown away a trusted friendship and has done deep psychological damage to my daughter. Margot's getting to you, huh? She's driving me right up the wall. <laughs> so, yeah, it looks like uh, Margot's just getting to Henry, driving him right up the wall as we move on to the next scene where Punky and Margot are sitting at the table snacking on some cookies. Oh, they're not cookies. They're those icky, like, what are they? The, um, chocolate-covered cherry thing. My my grandpa used to like those. I used to get him those at Christmas time. And now I can't even look at those without my t- eyes welling up. Because he's not here anymore. But apparently cherry like or <laughs> Apparently Punky likes them. But then again, Punky likes olives, too, so... Wow, wrong again. Well, I guess I was right the first time. They're cookies, not uh, chocolate-covered cherries. Okay. They're chocolate-like chocolate, not chocolate chip. Chocolate cookies with, like, maraschino cherries in them. Oh, um, they're called pedophores. According to Margot, everything's got a fancy name for it. And Punky's eaten, like, five of those? Oh, my God. That is so much. And Margot, of course, has got her little um, day-to-day, like a day planner thing. And Brandon's just kind of hanging out in a chair, probably waiting for one of them to give him a cookie or a dog biscuit, because the biscuit jar is, like, right next to him. But uh, Margot's got some plans here for Brandon. It's time to pick out his fall wardrobe. And she's got some color fabric swatches. Adorable. She could open a doggy boutique. And she kind of, Margot kind of drapes like this gray fabric over him and says that to Punky, you know, Brandon would look really good in mohair. What is mohair? I heard, like, a mohair suit. And Punky's like, you know, Brandon has enough hair. To which Brandon barks in approval. Like, yeah, um, I think Brandon's kind of getting tired of playing, um, the dress dummy here for her being, um, the guinea pig or whatever you want to call a person that is being forced to wear fabric swatches. <laughs> Everyone's getting tired of Margot. Uh, and it should, I mean, like I said, even Brandon, he's like looking down like, oh, how much longer, Punky, do we have to endure her presence, please? I can't take it anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to play this clip. I'll be right back. 
Chucky's your brother pretty good. I just don't understand why they call him Petticoat. <laughs> That's Petty Force. <laughs> Too late, I already had five. <laughs> oh, now it's time to pick out Brandon's fall wardrobe. <laughs> Let's see. He'd look good in mohair. He has enough hair. <laughs> All right. How about a fisherman's cable knit sweater? In a color that won't clash with this run of the litter red. Get it, Margo. Brandon's not a clothes hair. <laughs> this isn't gonna work out. Of course it will. We'll take him to Eve St. Bernard. <laughs> or Bird Dog Goodman. <laughs> being best friends. I just don't have it in me. You mean you don't want me to be your best friend anymore? Well, I don't want to hurt your feelings. No, no. I mean, it wasn't working out that well for me either. What do you mean? I'll never be able to go to Maharishi's yoga class again. You shouldn't have called him Turban Head. <laughs> I didn't think he could hear me. His feet were covering his ears. <laughs> suggests a fisherman's cable net sweater. Well, maybe if he was a fisherman on, you know, in Massachusetts or Maine or whatever, I could see that being a possibility. But, no. <laughs> she says, in a color that won't clash with this run-of-the-litter red. Well, he is reddish-blonde. So, Punky's had enough. She says, you know what, Brandon's not a close hound, and as a matter of fact, this thing between us is not gonna work out. And then, of course, Margo's, like, in one ear out the other, like, oh, um, no, that's alright, we'll just go to, uh, this St. Bernard store, or such and such, or whatever. And Punky's like, no, I meant this whole best friend thing is, it's not, it's not going well at all. Of course, um, apparently Margo feels the same way because she took uh, Punky to yoga class and she, of course, now can't show her face again there ever again. Thank you, Punky, because Punky called the instructor Turban Head. And, of course, to Punky's defense, it's like, well, I didn't think he would hear me. I mean, his feet were covering his ears. Well, he did, I'm sure, and now Marco will be a laughing stock. So she'll have to find a new yoga place to do her yoga. So with that, Margo leaves, and on the door, on this cork board, there is a picture from season one episode, Yes, Punky, there's a Santa Claus of Punky and Cherry kind of sitting underneath the tree that's piled with presents, and they're just talking excitedly. It's really cute. And Punky just kind of looks at the picture kind of fondly, like, gosh, I miss that. I miss us. I just wish things would go back to normal. You know, I'm just sure that's probably what she's thinking. And she turns to Brandon and just gives him a hug. It's like, buddy, I need you right now for support. And she cries into his fur. My God. <laughs> You're my best friend, Brandon. You'll never leave me. Punky 
actually puts her hand up to the photo. It's a big photo. It's like a 5 by 7 or 8 by 10. I thought from farther away, it looked like just like a 4 by 6 picture. Um, also, on this corkboard, we get the Young Astronaut Program. There's also a map, probably to downtown Chicago. And we have what looks like a calendar of dates so I don't know if that's like a lunch menu for the month or if it's something to do with Henry's photography studio maybe it's upcoming appointments <clears throat> and there's also like uh, different business cards up there and stuff too so but it's just amazing just looking at this picture of the girls just how young they were they were like eight years old there and now they're she's like Punky's 11 how much time has passed and how much this is like a three-year friendship or two years or however long it's been so outside in the treehouse donnie is in the treehouse with cherry and this is gonna piss oh guys i am so sorry i did not need to say that this is a clean podcast forgive me um punky is gonna be very angry because she built this pretty much herself. I mean, yeah, the other kids did help. After she and Mike had to rope them into it. So seeing Donnie up there, the... Uh, he just... He needs to go bye-bye. He needs to go away, like, now. But that would anger me. If I were Punky, it's like... I don't want to see his face. And I'm still angry with you. But I don't want him here in something that you and I created. He's already taken away my best friend. I'm not letting him take my treehouse too. So Punky comes up there and she's like, what are you two doing up here? And Cherry is kind of nervous. She's a little apprehensive. She's like, I was just showing Donnie our, our, our treehouse. She says our. I think straight away, Punky's gonna be like, oh, you mean my treehouse? The one that I built? So, it's kind of funny watching Donnie trying to um, get a word in edgewise between the girls. Is this gonna, is going to be a giant fight? As in, they squabble over the ownership of said treehouse. Punky is like, well, it's my treehouse. I built it. And then, of course, Cherry's like, well, wait a minute. No, we helped each other. We built this together. Just another thing that's going to be um, thrown in to... What? Is that a Nixon mask in the corner? That is really creepy. <laughs> so Punky's like, oh, yeah, I mean, from the Dark Ages when we used to be friends... And then Donnie is kind of calling Cherry or Choo Choo over like, hey, we got to get going if we're going to make that baseball game. So, of course, uh, Punky's got to be on like, oh, why don't you go ahead, Choo Choo? You don't want to keep Donnie waiting. And Cherry's like, Donald, just go ahead. I'll meet you there. All right. I got to take my stuff out of her treehouse. Oh, boy. Yeah, these girls need to sit down and have a powwow because this is, this has got to stop. Come on, girls. Your best friend's here. Let's not let some guy, like, come between you like this. Do you know what would have been 
interesting. What if Donald would start personally, like, attacking Punky as far as, like, siding with Cherry and all this stuff? Would Cherry have flipped sides and started, uh, you know, defending Punky to Donald and stuff like that? What do you think, I mean, would that have been what would have kind of uh, brought her back over to Punky's side? I'm just kind of curious. Oh, there's a beautiful picture, color picture of Brandon in front of his doghouse. That was the picture in the reward poster. All right, I'm going to play this clip. I will be right back. This is where we had the woodpecker problem last summer. <laughs> Boy, what a great place. What are you two doing here? The circus sleeve town. <laughs> uh, I was just showing Donnie our treehouse. It's really great. And our treehouse? You mean my treehouse? And a lot bigger than that. What do you mean your treehouse? It's just as much mine as it is yours. Then I thought it would. Well, maybe back in the prehistoric dark ages when we used to be friends, but not anymore. B. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Choo Choo. We have to go if we want to make the baseball game. Go ahead, Choo Choo. You don't want to keep Donnie waiting. <laughs> Donald, I'll meet you later. I want to pack up my stuff and take it out of her treehouse. But what about the peanut butter cookies you were going to make for me? <laughs> you know I can't watch the game without them. Well, you just have to try. Just this once, okay, Donald? Okay. <laughs> I'll be out of here in no time. Not so fast, Sticky Fingers. Cindy Lopper and Bananarama are mine. No way. I positively remember buying those albums myself. Yeah, with my money. Half your money? I paid for half, too, you know. Okay. Then here's your half. Punky! Wait. Don't break it. You can keep it. Fine. Here, this is yours, too. <laughs> no, it isn't. You're the one that wears it every Halloween. Yeah, but you're the one I borrow it from every Halloween. Oh, right. You might as well keep it. It always looked better on you anyway. <laughs> Thanks. Go ahead. No, you go. I was just remembering the Halloween it rained. And the bottom fell out of my trick-or-treat bag. Yeah, what Cracker Jacks? Ugh. <laughs> well, you gave me half of your candy. Yeah. Henry would have never let me eat it all anyway. You know, Cherry, you were my friend. And before I met Henry, you were the one that always bought me food in the empty apartment. Punky, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. Remember the time I got stuck in that old refrigerator? You saved my life. Jerry, this is where we carved our initials. 
Today we finished building the treehouse. PBCJ. Friends forever. Oh, Punky, I really hate this. I wish we could still be friends. So do I, but I thought you didn't want to be my friend. Well, I thought you didn't want to be friends anymore. Looks like we're both wrong. I'm sorry, I've really been acting stupid. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. Okay. <laughs> but I've been acting stupid, too. I shouldn't be jealous of Donald. It's just I was afraid that you liked him more than me. No way. Donald's okay if you're in a basketball, baseball, and wrestling. <laughs> yeah, Margo's the same way. About chamber music, art museums, and the ballet. I was the only one at Swan Lake with a can of worms. <laughs> I really did miss you, Punky. I missed you too, Cherry. Friends again? Best friends forever. I'm sorry, Cherry. It really wasn't my fault. No, it wasn't. It was mine. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, Enough it was. of this bickering. You're acting like children. <laughs> I've been giving this a lot of thought. You will be friends. But Henry... Don't interrupt. You're going to take this money, go to the movies, and have friendly fun. But, Mr. Walmart... All right, all right. Here's some more money. <laughs> Or friendly ice cream afterwards. But Henry, That's an order. Come on, Cherry. If we have to, we have to. It worked. <laughs> Donald gets very clingy as he's like, but what about the peanut butter cookies you were going to make me? <laughs> it's like, please. Okay. Um, yeah, this is not going to work out. <laughs> uh, Donald or uh, Donnie, here's a word of advice. Girls don't want clingy. Okay. They do not want clingy boys. So, um, remember that for the next relationship you get into. And why don't you, like, hold off a little, maybe a year or two until you're, like, 14, 15 years old. Let your uh, mind mature just a smidge. But I think we can all agree that, um, Donnie was a good lesson for the girls to learn. That boys are going to come and go. But girl power and friendship lasts forever. And nothing is going to break these girls up. But, guys, even though you heard, you know, in the clip and everything, I'm going to go through it now as we dive into this final battle of wills fight between the two girls. Words are going to be said. Heated, heated words. But 
we got to get past it. And the only way to get past it is to talk this out or yell it out or scream it out or whatever. <laughs> One last thing about Donald. After he complains about the peanut butter cookies, like, I can't watch the game without him. The expression Cherry has on her face is one of pure, like, oh, God. She's got her hand, hand up by her forehead and her eye. Like, I can't even right now, really. What did I see in you again? She finally was like, you know what, Donald, you're just gonna have to try it. It's like, okay, I even myself, I am tired of you now. This really showed a side of me that I I just can't deal with you and I, like I gave up my friendship for my best friend for you guy you're not worth it and after Donald climbs down the tree we never see his face again cute face that it is I can see what Jerry saw in him he's very a nice, a nice young boy so punk er- <laughs> Oh, guys, you can tell I've been away for a month because I don't know why I'm messing their names up. Cherry starts gathering stuff and one of them happens to be a record and Punky's kind of overseeing this and she like puts a stop to it. Wait, wait a minute there, Sticky Fingers. Uh, that's Cindy Lauper and Banana Rama is my record. And this is why you never go halvesies on something like a record or... Because Punky right away, it's mine. Punk, uh, Cherry's like, no, I paid for it. And Cherry or uh, Punky's like, yeah, with my money. But then Cherry fires back like, wait a minute. No, I paid half. Girls, uh, this is just the thing with the tree house and with the popsicle stick house. Everything's got to be divided, I guess. And that's, of course, when... Uh, Cherry takes the record. Is it Cherry or Punk? Hold on. Oh, no. Punky takes the record, snaps it in half over her knee. Like, oh, well, here's your half. She has to really try to break that in half over her knee. Because it doesn't come off very easy. It doesn't break. It's like, you hear her kind of, like, squish, like, trying to bend this record, which... Is this a real record or is this like a prop? And the noise that it makes is just... It's like... It's like soft or something. Like it's not a real record. But the crack that it makes as soon as she snaps it like... (laughs) Sounds like a gun going off. Or one of those, you know, popping firecrackers. And she hands it a chair. Like, here you go. Here's your half. (laughs) Have fun listening to half of a record. Would that even really be able to play? Like, if you were to put that, I don't think it would. Be interesting to see, though. So, Cherry takes her half. It's like, come on, Punky. This is stupid. But, no, Punky wastes no time grabbing another record. Oh, let's go for this one next. And Cherry, like, grabs out of her hand. Like, please don't. No, just, just save this one, please. No, she like, you know, don't don't break it. You can keep it, alright? It's cool. So Punky like she don't care, like, okay, fine, flings it over the railing of the treehouse. Like, uh, okay. That one there might be serviceable. I mean it's not broken in half, it'll have scratches, but uh 
might still be playable. So Punky pulls this mask of what looks like a red sea creature, the head of a red sea creature. Is this like lobster guy or something like that? So now they get into a shoving this costume head back and forth. Like, oh, here's your costume head of this lobster face or alien face or whatever it is. And Cherry's like, no, that's not mine. I mean, you wear it every Halloween. But then Punky's like, well, yeah, but I have to borrow it from you. So every year, so it's actually yours. So Cherry just gives it back to Punky. Like, you know, keep it. It looks better on you anyway. And Punky just kind of laughs it off for a second. And for a second there, I'm almost like, did Slay break uh, character for just a split second with that laugh? Like, she actually finds it really funny or something. So, of course, Punky thanks her and then kind of, you know, Punky sits down in a corner. Hey, there's her bag! Punky's bag from season one! Her little rainbow tote bag. Oh, that's kind of cool. All these throwbacks, they're awesome. So, Cherry is busy stuffing her purple bag with stuff. Just things from the treehouse that are clearly hers. And Punky just kind of sits off to the side, just kind of staring and reminiscing. But then, um, Punky and Cherry, like, quickly turn around and, like, like, Punky, Cherry, like, they want to, they want to apologize. They're like, okay, this has gone on far enough. Come on. Oh, uh, Cherry kind of brings up Halloween, the last Halloween when it rained, and I guess the bottom fell out of Cherry's trick-or-treat bag with all of her candy, and she lost half of it. And Punky's like, oh yeah, sour, or, uh, soggy Cracker Jacks are really, those were gross. And she, Punky does her a solid and gives her half of her Halloween candy, which is props to Punky, that's awesome. Of course, Punky's like, yeah, you know, Henry would not have let me eat all of that candy. And back in the 80s, I'm sure Henry would have, like, examined it. To make sure there's, like, no razor blades or pills or anything in there. So, then, uh, see, there I go again. Uh, Punky sits back down and she kind of brings up, I, I really like this. She brings up how Cherry was her first best, her first real best friend, you know, before Henry. And I like how they bring up what, kind of a, give us a, giving us a glimpse of what things were like right before Punky met Henry and how Cherry was always bringing food down to the empty apartment so that way Punky could eat. Because, you know, I'm sure you could only get so far with, you know, helping people's groceries out to their car and everything. You probably got, like, a few quarters or something, but... You know, Punky didn't just, um, she needed Cherry, and Cherry right away, no questions asked, befriended Punky. That's, that's what friends do. This Friends find you in the most unsuspected places. It's like, they come into your life when you don't know that you need them, when it turns out when you really need a friend the most is... And even probably you think back on some of your friends, like, wow, just amazing how this person came into my life. And anyone else that would have kind of looked at us would have thought, how would these two ever be friends? And it's just, 
it's just it's amazing. I love their friendship. I love how they're patching this up. Cherry brings up how she wouldn't even be here if it weren't for Punky Punky saved her life when she got stuck in the refrigerator. So they're bringing up season two. Cherry Lifesaver. It's like, Punky, you saved my life. I wouldn't even be alive today if it weren't for you. You know, this is just... It kind of gets me choked up. You know, they're just kind of reminiscing and just saying how they've been there for each other. Okay, now I'm starting to cry. When Punky points out where they carved their initials on the railing after they finished building that treehouse. Oh my gosh, they are Oh my gosh. They are the best of friends, guys. This friendship goals right here. So after Cherry kind of reads their names, PB and CJ, friends forever. They're both sitting on the railing and right after Cherry reads them, she turns sideways. It's almost like she can't face Punky when she's feeling this emotion. Like maybe she feels a little embarrassed to be speaking so honestly. Or it's really, really hard for her to face Punky and admit these words and that it's better that if she just gets out what she wants to say. And Cherry just admits, she's like, I really hate this. You know, I I thought we could still be friends. And Punky's like, I want that too. But I thought you didn't want to be my friend anymore. And Cherry's like, I thought you didn't want to be my friend anymore. And I like how Cherry's still facing away from Punky. But at this point, when Punky says... I guess we're both wrong. She stands up and puts her hands on both Cherry's shoulders from behind. She actually is kind of rubbing, almost massaging Cherry's shoulders. Like, I'm sorry, you know, I was being stupid. So they get into a, you haven't been stupid. And Punky's like, yes, I have. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. It's like, they keep going. What is with this mirror in the background? It's like, it's. Keeps kind of shaking. Like, is someone in the in the background or something? I mean, of course, someone's filming the scene, but it's really distracting. So Cherry does, like, confess, like, yeah, I've been kind of acting kind of stupid, too. And then Punky kind of is like, you know, I, I have to admit, I have been kind of je- jealous of Donald. Which is understandable. I mean, it's your best friend, and she's liking a guy, and kind of he's monopolizing her time. You know, which was usually reserved for, you know, Cherry and Punky time. And the truth comes out. Where Punky says, I thought you liked him more than me. Oh, Punky, sweetie, that could never happen. You're always going to hold a special place in Cherry's heart. You are her best bud, her best friend. No guy can ever replace that. So Cherry is pretty much like, you know, Donald's alright. I mean, if you like baseball, basketball, and wrestling, I mean, he's a guy's guy. I mean, if you're into that stuff, cool. Maybe Donald just, you know, needs to find a, you know, eventually find a girl that's kind of athletic like he is. Cherry's more like, alright, we've established Cherry's an amazing cook, right? She, the whole thing with the architect stuff. 
um, she likes to build. And I think <clears throat> she would be, like, somebody who also likes to cook who is, or who is, like, really into building stuff or, um, you know, something like that would be amazing for her. And But I think, guys, I really, I would still push this thing for a reboot. If this were possible, with all the reboots, this is the one I would want. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Roseanne and everything. It's cool. I mean, I still have got to finish the uh, second episode, but it's like... This is a family show with family values. And I think with Cherry Johnson and Soleil Moonfry at the helm of this, and David Duclan, who is... Um, you know, I know Brandon Tartikoff has passed away. Um, I think this this would be so amazing if you got the right people on it. You know, both girls could be um, grown up now. They'd have, you know, kids of their own. be awesome if they brought, like, Margot back, Alan back. I know Brandon wouldn't be there anymore because, you know, he's a dog. They don't live as long as people. And, you know, Mrs. Johnson and um, Henry would be gone because, you know, the actor and actress passed on. Um, T.K. Carter is still alive. Um, Eddie is still alive. <laughs> um, I just think it would be cool. All right, guys. Okay. Enough. Um, I got to finish this episode. I'm almost done. <laughs> so, of course, uh, Punky is like, yeah, you know, Mark was the same way with the chamber music, the opera, theater. All that stuff. I'm just not into that. I'm the only one who went to Swan Lake with a can of worms. Oh, she says art museums and the bad ballet and chamber music. Okay. Okay. Don't forget the yoga, Punky. Don't forget the yoga. And Cherry says, you know what, Punky? I've really missed you. And she's like, friends again? And Punky's like, best friends forever. And they open their arms and they hug. I knew they would work it out. I knew it. So as the girls climb down the treehouse, they're still kind of arguing a little about whose fault it was. Henry comes out, sees this, thinks the girls are still squabbling. He's like, all right, girls, enough of this. This thing, this tift, whatever, between you and okay, You guys are going to go to the movies. I'm going to give you money. Go to the movies. You're going to be best friends. Okay? Put this stuff behind you. You want more money? Here you go. Here's some more money. You guys get ice cream after. Okay? And (laughs) Punky's like, well, you know what, Cherry? If we must. (laughs) Aw, guys. This was a great episode. I loved it so much. Um, as far as my Brandon Tailwig episode rating, I'm going to go with a 4 out of 5. I knocked one off because Donald showed his true colors with being a clingy little baby boy. And, um, he's not for Cherry. (laughs) Cherry can... She's got good prospects in her future. She knows what she likes. She knows what she wants. Hopefully a guy will come along that shares the same interests. Um, but what I did like, I like the popsicle house, the girls building their houses, kind of dreaming in the future, like, oh, we're going to live right next to each other. Um, 
I liked um the thing with Margo coming over and talking about Brandon's fall wardrobe. That was really cool. I like how um Henry was trying to uh you know, talk to Betty about the whole thing between the girls. And Betty was just kind of telling me it's not a big deal. Like, basically, let the girls work it out. You know, it's just a little tiff. Um, but, I mean, I know that Henry was concerned about the psychological damage, the mental anguish that Punky was going through. And I just love when Punky, like, she hugged Brandon close to her because she was feeling really sad. You know, she was looking at the picture of, you know, her and Cherry from Christmas time. And, of course, at the end, I love how they just kind of get it out. Everything that's been building up comes to a head. But then again, Punky kind of reminds her, like, hey, you were there for me when I needed you before Henry. You helped Give me food. And, and when I was living in that apartment by myself. And Cherry's like, you know, you saved my life. I wouldn't even be here right now if it weren't for you when I got stuck in that fridge. And just, you know, at the end, you know, Henry giving them uh, girls money. Like, hey, girls, here you go. Go see a movie, all right? Go have some ice cream after. So, um, as far as for Punky's principles, just guys, preteens, teenagers adults if you have a new relationship don't um don't um ignore your friends especially your best friends leave a little time for them so that they don't feel ignored you know do like a spa day or a day out just the two of you to make sure you know you and your friends you're still tight you're still, everything's good granted yes I probably could be giving this advice to myself um, you know, like I said, I still occasionally talk to my, you know, the two best friends that I have. Um, but it, it's just, it's different now. The friendship that we had is just, it's not, our interests are different, like I said. We're different. And I think we can still be friends and everything, but it's just trying to build a friendship as an adult is a little different, I guess, than, you know, when your kids, it seems so easy to be friends with somebody, but as an adult, it's like, you try to find things that you have in common as adults versus, you know, the stuff that held you together as a, as a kid and everything. It's like, I was into movies and everything like that, and that was good and all for friends, but it's like, then you kind of slowly fall apart as you get older, and it's just almost like, trying to just form, you know, continue on with the relationship and try to find new ways to kind of reinvent it a little bit and keep it, you know, fresh. But, um, all right. Let's talk about next week's episode. So, next week episode is season 3 episode 10 entitled It's a Dog's Life which aired on November 11th 1987 after Henry scolds Punky for not taking better care of Brandon she dreams that she's a dog and Brandon's a person so they kind of switch minds basically <laughs> wow Punky you just got Brandon back and now you're already neglecting him wow 
Real nice girl. Alright, guys, let's say a warm welcome to some new and regular Wonderling listeners for the month of March. And like I've said in the past, if I butcher, if I can't pronounce it, I'm just going to say the country or state that it's from. Baldwin Park, California. Canada. Dayton, Ohio. Newburyport, Maine. Or, no, I'm sorry, that's Massachusetts. Sorry. Benton Harbor, Michigan. Mexico. Dallas, Texas. Centerville, Maryland. Ashburn, Virginia. Temecula, California. Wasilla, Alaska. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Easton, Maryland. Queenstown, Maryland. Smyrna, Georgia. Republic of Korea, Santa Clara, California, Austin, Texas, Montego Bay, Jamaica, Sacramento, California, Irving, Texas, Anchorage, Alaska, Poland, Connecticut, Mexico, Inglewood, California, East Weymouth, Massachusetts, Canby, Oregon, London, United Kingdom, Henderson, Nevada, Edgeware, United Kingdom, Orlando, Florida, Bedford, Maine, Dublin, California, Jackson, Michigan, Fountain in South Carolina, Russian Federation, France, United, Dubois, United Arab, Port Elizabeth, South Africa, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you everyone so much for listening to this podcast. And I look forward to coming back next week with a new episode. Have a great holiday. Easter holiday if you celebrate it. And just a great week overall. Bye-bye.